It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 9th, 2021. My name is Philip Rosenreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, I will replay our locker room from Thursday. So get, get a bunch of good questions there. I just wanted to make sure we had the brief intro here and, and you know, get the ad reads in that we have to get in. Um, but just wanted, to, just wanted to replay that locker room again. It's been great to have these locker rooms. It's been great to have this interaction, hear your questions, uh, respond more to what you guys want. I mean, you know, I do crowdsource a little bit. I do listen to um, everything that you post on Twitter. I am on the Magic subreddit and, and tool around in there and see what, what Magic fans are talking and thinking about. And uh, I hope to explore that because obviously I'm here for you guys. And so this locker room um, experiment that we've been doing over the last several weeks has been uh, really great to get direct interaction with you guys to see what you guys are thinking about, what you guys are wondering, uh, and to try to answer some of those questions that maybe slip through the cracks a little bit or, or don't deserve a full segment on a podcast or a full post nonetheless. So um, I hope you all enjoy listening to that. I am planning on doing them fairly regularly. My next plan is... Um, Thursday at 5.30 again. That was when we did it this week. Had a lot of people in the room. Um, so I'm going to plan and do it again on Thursday next week at 5.30 as well. So um, that, if that time changes, I will let you all know. Um, it might also be dependent on how I'm feeling because I'm planning to go get my vaccine next Thursday. But um, we'll, see how, we'll see how that all works out and how that goes um, coming up over the next week. And obviously... A lot happens. A week in the NBA is a long time, as Steve Clifford likes to say. Uh, tonight, the Orlando Magic will take on the Indiana Pacers. I'll talk about that coming up in just a minute. But before we do any of that, I do remind you all you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. The search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here, covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail. This podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of guarantee that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Indiana Pacers ahead of tonight's game? Check out Locked On Pacers. Want to look ahead to Sunday's matchup with the Milwaukee Bucks? Check out Locked On Bucks. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there is a Locked On podcast for you. To search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Before we dive into the locker room, I do just want to note that the Orlando Magic play the Indiana Pacers tonight. The Pacers... Um, struggling a, a, a little bit. Um, they've kind of fallen off a little bit. They're off the pace in the Eastern Conference, um, just by here, not too far, too far away. Um, they've had their ups and downs this year, but as as we know, this is a team that is always well coached, always well prepared. Um, still doing a lot of the things that you want to see them do, uh, and they're just coming off of a one forty one to one thirty seven win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, they are down a few players, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I haven't done all my research on them yet. I'm still, I'm going to be writing my magic wands here while I'm, while I'm listening to the pot, while I'm listening back to the locker room podcast. Um, but obviously it's a game where the magic have to feel like, you know, if they can, can compete, um, if they, 
do their stuff, if they shoot the ball well, they will have a chance of winning. Um, should be a fun game. The Magic will debut their earned edition jerseys. They're only going to wear the earned edition jerseys three times this year. It's tonight, it's Sunday, and it's Monday against the San Antonio Spurs. So uh, get to see those jerseys that they worked so hard for last year in making the playoffs. All the players on the team this year worked hard for that jersey question mark. Um, the Orlando Magic are expected to have Gary Harris back tonight, which is going to be a very welcome sign. We talk a little bit about Gary Harris in the locker room coming up, so I'll save a lot of that conversation for them, but I'm personally very high on Gary Harris. He's obviously a great defender, which is an area where the Magic needs some work right now. Um, and, you know, when he's healthy, he has proven himself to be a very skilled shooter and a very good outside shooter. Um, his health has been the biggest concern throughout his entire career. Um, but this is a very athletic guy, and, and I'm very excited to see him play and see what he can do. And certainly over the last 20 games here, uh, I want to see what he can give this team moving forward. So we'll we'll get to see him, and that'll be something that we're definitely going to be watching here as we get through um, get through this part of the season and, and this this next phase of the season as the Magic start to get healthier. Um, and certainly have now recommitted to this kind of youth movement that they have. Um, without further ado then, let me dive into the locker room conversation that we had, answering your questions and, and, and commenting on what's been going on with the Orlando Magic. We'll hit it right after this music bump. The Atlanta Magic made a somewhat surprising decision uh, here uh, today to, to waive Ken Birch. Um, I think some people suspected that it might happen. There's certainly some suspicion that the Magic might decide to, to trade him at the trade deadline, obviously with an expiring contract. You know, I certainly thought that he would be a good throw-in to any deal that the Magic uh, could have. And, and certainly there was this sense that Ken Birch was standing in the way of one of the key young players for the Orlando Magic, one of the key young players that they wanted to develop in, in Mo Bamba. Um, that's, that's just the reality. I mean, say what you want about Ken Birch. Ken Birch was a reliable, solid, consistent backup center. Um, the Magic asked him to do a lot of things that he probably wasn't super comfortable doing, uh, and he did them without complaint uh, and did them really to the best of his abilities. Um, you know, I, I thought Steve Clifford said something really interesting today during his media availability, um, which I will put on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can find that on the Magic's PR Twitter account, where you can find all the post-game media availabilities, which is which is a nice little tool and feature of this season, is that those are all freely available to everyone. Um, you know, he said that Birch is really someone that, that represents what the Magic want to be about. Um, you know, something that, that Steve Clifford has been hammering home over the last three or four days now is that, you know, yes, there's an individual component to development and improvement, but there's also a team development. It, it, it's not, you know, you can you can get better individually with stats and with skills, but it's about making that fit into the team. And, and Kem Birch was always a player who fit within the team, um, who fit exactly what the team needed. He set screens, he helped others get better, and, and he helped others function better on the floor um, in, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I think that there's always been a little bit of controversy with Ken Birch um, because he's, he doesn't have the highest ceiling, but he's just consistently solid. You know what you're getting from him every night. And, and generally, Ken Birch never tried to play outside of himself. Um, to me, uh, and I said this on the pod um, earlier today on, on Thursday, Ken Birch is a winning player. Um, you put Ken Birch on a winning team, he, he's going to help you win. He's going to do things that make it easier for you to function and easier for you to operate. He defends really well. He's a really good screener. He does all these things 
that are just so necessary for the functioning of a winning team. But unfortunately, the Magic right now aren't a winning team, where I think think that Ken Burke certainly helps a team that's on the cusp of contention or, or, or trying to break into that playoff mold. He doesn't help a team that's rebuilding, that, that has very, very clear flaws. And I think a lot of the frustration that Magic fans had about the season was not about Ken Burch as a player. I think a lot of, I think Magic fans love Ken Burch, and obviously everyone on the team absolutely loves him. Um, you know, I think that was the other big takeaway from today's media availability is just how much everyone on the team respects him. Um, you know, this is a guy that, you know, played in Sioux Falls um, in the G League, you know, started making a career overseas and, you know, give this front office credit, give Jeff Weltman and, and John Hammond their credit. They were the ones that brought him back into the NBA where Ken Birch earned a spot as a solid backup center. Um, you know, should he be a starting center? Probably not, but he is a solid backup center in the league. And on a team that already has its offensive pieces in place, he's going to help them win. The issue is the Magic do not have those offensive pieces in place. And what was very clear throughout the course of the season was, despite the mistakes that Mobamba was making, and, and Mobamba still kind of tends to make, um, the Magic needed the potential that Ken Birch provided, or I'm sorry, the potential that Mobamba provided, rather than the solidity that Ken Birch provided. Um, the Magic just could not afford to play five on four all the time on offense. And whatever differences there were between Ken and Mo. Um, you know, Kim, I think, was more consistent, and, and I understand why Steve Clifford turned to him and wanted to, to use him to, uh, to help the team win. Uh, I felt that Bo still gave the team the best chance to function um, and to reach their potential and kind of get out of the funk that they were in. It was always a move that was in the back pocket. Now, granted, Mo has a lot of problems. I, I, I don't know if there's, there's an easy solution, but undoubtedly what we're seeing now is the Magic turn the page and, and really say, we are committed to playing our young players. Um, we saw it last night. It was you know, a little bit of an odd statistical thing that was pointed out by our, our pal Stephen Cameron um, that the Magic really, you know, the Magic played James Dennis and Dwayne Bacon fewer than 20 minutes. Um, Michael Carter-Williams, I think, only played 23 minutes in Wednesday's game against the Wizards. Um, the Magic relied very, very heavily on their young players. Mo Bamba got a ton of run. Um, and he played well, obviously, career-high 19 points. And so what's, what's really clear now is the Magic have removed kind of the last impediment to Mo Bamba getting consistent minutes. Um, everyone hates the, the two big lineups with Ken Birch at the power forward, and they should. Um, you know, I think Ken would honestly say he doesn't like those lineups, but Ken's the kind of guy that just quietly does whatever the coaches ask him and does it to the best of his abilities. Um, but this roster was not built for that lineup. Those lineups aren't successful. The stats bear that out. Um, and Mo Bamba has been you know, has solely been earning minutes with, with his statistics. And now there's, again, no excuse not to play him. And, and clearly, I think the Magic felt there was a comfort to play him. The other thing that I think could be interesting about this, and I think this is something that kind of goes under the radar a little bit. Obviously, the Magic accomplished something with this move. Um, they get Mo Bamba more minutes. They get him more opportunities to play, more opportunities to, 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 to play well. Um, but I think what this also does is it's telling a veteran like Kem, you know, he's about to become a free agent. The Magic probably weren't going to resign him anyway. They allow themselves to take care of him. They're, or they, they tell his agent, they tell agents everywhere, you do your time with us, we will take care of you. Um, you know, I, I think that allowing Kem to go play for a winning team or, or, or play for a chance at making the playoffs um, is a sign of goodwill. And, and everything that I've heard and understood about how Jeff Weltman and his front office approach players and how, um, and how people feel about them around the league is that Jeff Weltman plays it straight. 
he tells you exactly what's what's going to happen. He isn't someone that hides hides anything from you, and and you can kind of see how that might resonate with agents eight number one. So you can build some trust there. There's there's always a little bit of this chess game. This you know you're making you're making a long term move here. Um, it wouldn't surprise me in, in that in that respect if the plan is or the plan or the understanding is with Terrence Ross that the Magic will move Terrence Ross in the offseason and kind of take care of him in the same way. This is just me speculating. I'm not going to – I don't have any any uh, information to, to share otherwise on that. But it wouldn't surprise me if that this was also part of the move. But obviously the Magic have to benefit from any of those moves. They're not going to do something just to be nice to players. they got to benefit from it in some way too. And I think getting Mo Bamba more minutes is a really big piece of that puzzle. As is – being noted here in in the chat, um, you know, just reading through some of the chat questions here. Um, Daniel Morton says, we all love Kim. We just need to see what Mo is or can become. Um, you can say uh, Malik Grady, uh, you know, uh, who I, I talked to a lot on, on Twitter, um, says, you know, Mo Bamba's last seven games. And this, I think, is really, really important, too. 11 points, four rebounds, 11.7 rebounds, 12 points, eight rebounds, 11 points, five rebounds, two points, two rebounds, which was the game against Utah Jazz when he left in the first half. Um and so he didn't play the second half of that game, only played what, at less than 10 minutes in that game. 11 points, four rebounds, and 19 points, eight rebounds. 20 more, more, 21 more games this season in a true offseason await. Um, and I think that's really important. Um, you know, I think that's a really, really good and really, really important point to bring up. Mo, Mo puts up numbers, and he's always put up numbers. Um, and seeing that consistency, and again, that level of consistency is really impressive, actually. Um, the Magic know they can rely on him to do X, Y, and Z every night. And I, and I say this all the time. What's really, what's really, really, really important in the NBA and in the NBA regular season especially is what can you do every night? On your worst nights, what are you still going to be able to provide? And, and I think that's, that, that's what we have to see Mo. And Mo just hasn't had the time consistently to show us what he can do. Um, you know, there's always been an injury. There's always been something to kind of prevent him from reaching that level. So, you know, I, I think what we're seeing now is for, for the first time in his career, Mo not only has minutes – but there isn't the pressure that if I make a mistake, I'm out of the game. And, and unfortunately, I think for Mo, um, one of the problems that he had is he needed time. He was He's a development project. He was always a development project. Um, he was always a guy that, that needed some work. Um, and I think when the Magic drafted him, they expected him, we can bring him off the bench. We're probably not going to do anything. And then we can graduate him into the starting lineup or kind of keep him in a bench role until he's ready with a, with a stand-in center. And then all of a sudden, the Magic started winning. Um, and, and their priorities changed, and Mo kind of got kind of got lost in the shuffle. And then, of course, as noted, Mo hasn't had a true off season yet. Um, he has not been able to get his work in in the off season. Um, he was able to add that weight in the before the bubble, but then COVID kind of knocked him back down to zeros. This is almost the exact same problem that Aaron Gordon had, except with a big guy like Mo and a project like Mo that knocks him further back than maybe a, a wing player would with with Aaron. Um, Mo getting a real summer this off season, a healthy off season where he can you know, add functional weight and add skills is going to be absolutely critical to his development because we do see the flashes. And I think that, you know, I, I never thought we should have given up on Mo Bamba because the flashes were all there. He makes some crazy blocks. He makes some big plays. Um, he makes some, so he have big games like he had last night uh, or had, again, had Wednesday night against the Wizards where he shows you exactly who he can be and what he can do and the versatility that he brings. Um, you know, it's noted here, Bill, Bill Scaife says, or, sorry, Aaron Okiki says, I honestly like Wendell Moore right now. I um, said before that I'm so over Mo. 
Um, you know, Wendell Carter's kind of Mo insurance. Um, you know, they have two young centers. They're going to develop side by side here. You know, potentially play together in some in certain lineups. Um, they'll they'll develop side by side, and the Magic will have a financial decision to make at the end of next season whether they bring one or both of them back. I think for now, Wendell Carter's going to continue starting at center, and Mo's going to be his backup. And we'll see kind of what Steve Clifford did Wednesday night, where it'll be a little bit by committee who finishes games. If you're playing well, you're going to finish finish the game. Um, you know, I think the Magic stuck. You know, I think Clifford admitted. That you know last that Wednesday night the Magic looked tired, um, and so and so certainly I think that was part of why um, part of why uh, uh, the Magic went with you know kind of stuck with with their guns and just kind of like you know I wouldn't say throw the game away but they 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 stuck with what worked uh, with what was what was working even though it, it quickly went off the rails there in the fourth in the middle of the fourth quarter as guys got got more tired and and, and struggled. Um, yeah, no, it's it, I, I, I'm excited for Mo. This is, you know, he said it earlier today in practice after practice that this is the opportunity he's been waiting for. Um, you know, he did, you know, he, it definitely feels like he doesn't feel the pressure um, that he was under, you know, back when the Magic were winning and back when the Magic were competing for a playoff spot. And that's not to say they're not competing for a playoff spot now. Um, it's just very, very unlikely. Um, but the Magic are fully committing to this youth movement. The Magic are not hiding anymore that they want to play these young guys and they want to give them all the opportunities to shine. Clifford's still going to mix veterans in there. And, and an argument that, that I kind of made um, yesterday was, you know, I'd like to see the veterans sprinkled in a little bit more evenly um, through the course of the game. And, and I think Gary Harris coming back is going to help a lot with that. It sounds like Gary Harris is either coming back uh, tomorrow uh, or Friday against the Indiana Pacers or Sunday against Milwaukee Bucks. He's very, very close. It sounds like, um, and so that's going to help a little bit. I'm, I'm higher on Gary Harrison. I think a lot of other people are, but we'll, we'll see what he looks like um, when he comes in. Uh, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see, watch, to watch how this, how this all comes together and how Steve Clifford uh, plays out the rest of the season and what Mo can do. Cause obviously this is the opportunity for Mo. Um, Malik Grady uh, comments. I like the idea of forcing Clifford to see what Mo at center and WCG at the four his stated preferred position looks like I agree too. Um, the problem is the Magic just don't have a lot of depth at the four right now. Um, I, I don't think we'll see Wendell Carter and, and Mo Bamba playing together until the Magic add that that third big somewhere. Um, you know, I, I think one thing that I kind of want to see is a willingness from Steve Clifford to get a little experimental with positions um, in, 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 a, in, a, in a progressive way, not in a let me settle on Ken Birch at the four way. Um, you know, we, we all said that we wanted to see um, Jonathan Isaac play at, at center at some point. This would be a great time to ch- to try that, except he's not playing. Um, and so I think that's that's um, that's definitely a, a, a question to be to be answered here. Um, let's get to let's get to a question again. If you have a question, feel free to make a speaker request. Um, this is supposed to be interactive, not supposed to be me just just talking my head off here. Um, uh, and, and we'll we'll get we'll we'll get to some of these. Um, I want to get to some of these questions, though. Um, Xavier Green, I'll start with you. Um, I, he said he says I need heavy three guard minutes next season, especially if we draft a guard. Um, I actually think that this is a really interesting thing that's going to happen with the Magic specifically, and I think throughout the NBA. Um, one of the lessons that I took from the NCAA tournament, and one of the lessons that I'm seeing throughout the NBA now, is um, this this. The, necess- the necessity of having multiple ball handlers. Um, I-, I think that this that what we saw when the Magic were trying to experiment a little bit with Michael Carter Williams and Markel Fultz together and DJ Augustine. It, I-, I think that experiment, while though that personnel wasn't the right personnel to try it with, 
I think that experiment is something that Steve Clifford wants to continue. And we're seeing throughout the NBA, having multiple guys who can take you off the dribble, can play pick and rolls is of extreme value in the league. So, you know, you look at the magic and the guards that they have now, Markel Fultz, RJ Hampton, uh, Michael Carter Williams and Cole Anthony. Um, They have four. I mean, but no matter what guard nomenclature you want to use use on them, um, I think positionally it's more useful to call players ball handlers, wings, and bigs. Those are the three position positions to me. Those are the three positions. If if I were crafting the All Star ballot, that's those are the positions I would have. I would I I think the guard forward center nomenclature is is very much um is very very much uh uh, uh dead. Or if not dead, then then close, then close, then it is it's archaic. That's that's how I would describe it. Um, and so I think having two ball handlers on the floor um, is seen as a plus in, in the league now, and is seen as something that the Magic um, are are looking for. As Xavier Green notes, the Thunder ran uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, CB3, Dennis Shooter a ton last season. The Toronto Raptors really made it in vogue with the Kyle Lowry, Fred VanVleet, and so um, as long as as long as you have you know, a shooting and defensive competitiveness. I think you can get away with this. I think you, I think you can play these kinds of lineups. So, you know, with the, with the group that the magic have now, you know, Cole, Anthony, RJ Hampton, Mark Elfall, let's call those the three main ball handlers. You can play two of those three together. I mean, Cole Anthony is kind of the key because he's the best shooter of the bunch. Um, RJ Hampton certainly getting better as a shooter, but just having those three guys, I, I think that, I think that, that, that's kind of the direction the league is heading. Um, you know, having multiple guys that can beat you off the dribble, get in the paint and cause some chaos and, and kick out and start it all over again. Um, I think that that's, that's really the direction that the, that the league is heading. Uh, and I think that, I think that's what we're going to end up seeing. And I think that's the direction the magic are starting to hint at. Um, it would, I would not preclude the magic from taking a point guard in the draft at, at, at either pick um, because of that. Having four ball handlers, um, you know, especially high level ball handlers. I think is ultimately something the Magic want, where they could have those, you know, potentially three guard lineups or two guard lineups. Now, obviously, um, Jeff Weltman and John Hammond are known for their penchant for length. Uh, I think defensive length will still be an important philosophy. Um, but you know, with Wendell Carter being a really, you know, looking like a really good defender, you know, Mo Bamba potentially a solid rim protector um, if he can under- if he can better better get his positioning down right. Um, with Jonathan Isaac and Chumo Kiki, the defenders that they can be. Um, I think the Magic feel like that they can be very covered defensively as long as they have guards who are going to keep on on the outside on the outside there. Let's take a quick break so I can get these ad reads in. Uh, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I can actually say that from experience because they a, they send us a ton of samples. And I am always excited when I get a new box of Built Bars, whether it's a new flavor or whether I'm just ordering a box of my own because these bars are the best tasting protein bars I've ever had. I'm not a big protein bar guy. I'm not kind of big into that world. Um, But these bars are exactly what I'm looking for. They don't taste chalky. They don't taste a bit off. They They don't taste bad. They taste really, really good. They're like candy bars, except they're good for you. Kind of, sort of, kind of, I guess. Um, the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They come in 18 amazing flavors. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person, and you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, many of them under 150 calories, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for keto diets, a perfect supplement to your diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code Locked 15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
Get all the sports news you need in less than 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I want to get to a speaker request on Daniel Mortensen. How you doing, man? So I had two quick questions for you. Uh, the first of which is, how do you see or how would you ideally like the rotation um, to be set? I'd like it to see Gary Harris play with Cole, just because I feel like he'd add defense to the starting lineup. And Dwayne Bacon seems to be the one person who keeps making mistakes offensively because he's at least three times last night, got fast break opportunities, drove right into the middle of the paint when he was outnumbered and just forced up a shot trying to get contact and then secondly for the draft um i know all of us would obviously love to have Cade, but i kind of feel like jalen green is the perfect person just because it would allow markel to sell the ball in his hands with markel taking the ball in his hands as we saw last year it really really hurts him because he's just sitting there watching in the corner uh, but i just want to get your thoughts yeah no no for sure um uh, let me let me start with the, the the draft question um when you're drafting as high as the magic are projected to draft in, in the top five six seven range um you take the best player available I, I don't think you worry so much about position um yeah I agree with you Cade and Markel probably aren't the greatest fit although I think Cade can play a little bit off the ball and like I said when you have multiple ball handlers on the floor um I think that you I think that you do okay um I think that I think when you have multiple ball handlers on the floor, um, you know, you can, you can find ways and it's just about balance and, 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 you know, we'll see what Markel looks like when he comes back or how quickly they want to bring him back. It's not very clear when he's going to, going to return, going to, going to return um, in that, in that point. Um, you know, as, as noted to Mavs draft who, who hosts locked on NBA draft or is one of the hosts for locked on NBA draft notes in the chat, Jalen green takes the ball away from Fultz too. Um, I agree. He's more of a natural shooting guard. So maybe that feels like a better positional fit. Um, but again, really, when you're drafting at the top of the draft, you don't draft based on need. You draft best player available. And honestly, in the draft in general, if as long as you can find a way to get them playing time, you take the best player available. Don't don't mess around with things. Uh, you know, maybe need is one of the things you consider in, in ranking and ordering players, but don't pass up on talent because we already have a center or we already have a point guard. Um, especially with this group where there are no established stars. Take talent and figure it out later. Trades are not difficult in the NBA. So, you know, when it comes to when it comes to when it comes to the draft, 
I am a big believer in best player available. Don't worry so much about thing uh, about things. You know, if, the, if players are in the same tier and they're close, maybe positional need and, and how easily you can get them on the court might be something that nudges someone ahead. Um, but I don't think that it's. But I don't think that that is. Um, necessarily the first factor you think about when you're drafting, you know, maybe later in the draft when talent is a little bit more even, um, maybe that's when you do it. But again, like, I don't think the magic expected Cole Anthony to fall to them at 15. They couldn't pass up on that talent. You know, RJ Hampton was probably someone that they were probably really targeting at 15 more than anyone else. Um, and Anthony was there and they, they, they valued Anthony as a better player, even if Hampton might be a, a little bit of a better positional fit. Um, it, none of that matters take the best player available in the draft. That's, that's, that's you, you're usually not going to be wrong if you do that. Um, as far as the rotation this year goes, um, I, I think that, I think that the, the way the magic, I, I agree with the Dwayne Bacon stuff um, the for what the magic signed Dwayne Bacon for, they've gotten a ton out of him. The problem with Dwayne Bacon is he shouldn't be your best offensive option. He shouldn't, or it shouldn't be your best offensive penetration option, which he's, which he has. Michael Carter Williams is in the same boat. Those guys are good at getting to the basket, good at getting to the paint. But that is not what's going to help you win. Because like you said, Bacon gets himself into trouble a lot. He takes a lot of tough shots. He seems to enjoy taking a lot of tough shots. And there were, you know, and I'd have to watch the game again, but there are at least two, maybe three plays where I watched Bacon get into the paint, watch the defense collapse around him. And I was like, there's a guy open in the corner. There's a guy open on the wing. There are like two or three guys open. Just get it to them, kick it back out and kind of reset the offense, get the defense rotating. Instead, he took a tough, tough jumper. So that's that's certainly well taken there. And, and I think with Gary Harris coming back, he's going to eat into Dwayne Bacon's minutes a little bit. Um, I think Clifford's had to trust Dwayne Bacon a little bit more than he'd want to um, because because the Magic just don't have anyone who can create off the dribble a little bit. Um, and and that, again, that's like one of the big things the Magic just don't have is guys who can create off the bounce. Like Cole Anthony last night, um, just having him able to create a little bit off the dribble was such a huge breath of fresh air. Um, I think ultimately the Magic starting lineup, it, you know, once Cole Anthony is, is fully healthy, once even Gary Harris is fully healthy, I think the optimal starting lineup for this fran- for this group of players is probably going to be Cole Anthony, Gary Harris. Uh, I'd still keep James Ennis at the three, Chuma Okiki and Wendell and Wendell Carter at the five, with Mo Bamba backing him up. Um, I'd probably I'd probably still have Bacon hanging around there. Uh, in the rotation, obviously Terrence Ross and Michael Carter Williams and, and RJ Hampton, and that's your ten man rotation right there. Um, you know, I think Bacon's minutes will get eaten into a lot by Gary Harris if Gary Harris turns out to be the kind of player um, that he showed hints that he could be at in Denver. And obviously, his defense is, is still incredible, even the shot has not been um, has not been uh, good. Um, Xavier Green asks, and I'll, I'll delete your shoot, shoot your speaker request here, Xavier. So don't worry. Who's your favorite prospect for us, and why? Or better yet, how do you think Suggs and Green fit in here since they seem to be our targets? Um, you know, I think obviously Cade's number one in my book. Um, I really like Cade Cunningham. Uh, I, I I know Mavs draft will disagree with me on this. Uh, I am a fan of um, of Jalen Green. I think that his fits really good. The Magic just kind of need a pure score, and whether he's a whether he's good enough to be a pure score at the NBA level or uh, an efficient enough score at the NBA level, certainly a fair question. But the fact that the fact of what he did um, in the, in the G league bubble for G league at night was really impressive to me. Um, I do have him number two on my board. Um, I do also really like, uh, really like Jalen Suggs, what he showed. I watched him a little bit closer during the tournament um, and just the way he controls the pace of the game was really good. He plays at the pace that I think the magic ultimately want to play at where they say they want to play at. Um, and again, like, 
he, I think he can play some off ball too. So I think he'd be a really good tandem guard to go with Markel Fultz. And again, you'd be a little bit loaded up at that, that small guard position. But if the idea is to go with those three guard lineups, um, that's certainly very, very possible. Um, let's get another speaker request in Anthony uh, Weishample. Is, is that, is that correct? Did I say your name right, Anthony? Uh, yeah, you nailed it. Well, nice. Sure. Nice. I got, okay. I got something right. Yeah. yeah, that was very good. Uh, so my question is, now that we have this open roster spot that Ken Burch has gone, is there anyone that you think is worth taking a flyer on? You said you already wanted a power forward. One guy I was always thinking of was Jabari Parker. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen Jabari Parker's name thrown around. Obviously, John Hammond has a relationship with him. Um, you know, actually, uh, I had uh, one of my writers on Orlando Magic Daily um, pitch a few ideas. He kind of went the veteran route. Um, and, and one idea that he had I thought was interesting was maybe Marvin Williams. But, the, I mean, with a 10-day contract, unless you're signing those guys for the rest of the year, maybe adding another year uh, for next year to kind of give them a little bit more security perhaps, um, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to go the veteran route, I think. And I think Jabari Parker might qualify as kind of that veteran route. And obviously Parker Parker's a very gifted scorer. He's had his struggles this year. Um, I, I think that that certainly is a direction the Magic could go. And again, some of this might also depend on how long Otto Porter is going to be out. Um, you know, is Otto Porter going to be so? Is he going to be? Is this an extended injury? Could he be back before the well, before the homestand ends or within the week? Um, I think those are some good questions. I've seen some Magic fans jokingly say Thon Maker. Um, that's that. I don't <laughs> think that's impossible, but I don't think that would be advisable because the Magic definitely need. Um, a more traditional four or a stretch four in that spot. Um, you know, I haven't really done, uh, you know, honestly, a ton of research yet into who might fill that spot. Um, you know, I, I don't believe there's anyone on the Lakeland Magic. I think the Magic might want to keep it in the family just to, just so they don't have to start from scratch or, or, or do anything to kind of get guys back up to speed, obviously, because because you're, you're in the middle of this crazy season where there will not be practices. Um, one of the reasons why I think the Devin Kennedy signing, and like I said, a make good for Devin Kennedy. He played well in Lakeland, rewarding him with a contract, rewarding him with some time on the, on the magic roster. Um, I think that that was a make good as much as anything else, but also very much a, uh, a guy that can help the team too. If he, if he gets, if he ever gets into the game, um, it, it's, it's, it's definitely something the magic, you know, should be looking to fill specific skills and, and, and that position specifically, they're going to play um, they, the magic need that need a backup for right now. Uh, and so, um, you, I definitely think you need to find a balance of a young guy who might be able to catch on with the roster, um, someone who is familiar enough with Steve Clifford and what the Magic are trying to do to jump right in, um, and then maybe someone who also, who also you know can stick around beyond this season. I um, mean, you know, I don't think you should wait. I mean, I think one criticism that I think is very very fair about this Jeff Weltman group is you know sometimes these these you know tools that they have the two way contracts some of these ten day contracts. They don't use super effectively. Then again, as I was thinking about that, I think, well, Isaiah Briscoe really worked out. That was a really good 10-day signing. Um, when he got hurt, Michael Carter-Williams worked out. That was a really good 10-day signing. Uh, and then ultimately, you know, even Gary Clark. I mean, say what you want about Gary Clark and some of his inconsistencies. Um, he played really, really well in a Magic uniform. Um, you know, the Magic don't win game one against the Bucks without Gary Clark. Um, he did a lot more than I think the Magic could have expected and asked for and was, was there when the Magic needed him. So I, I think that I think that the Magic should have an idea. You know, I think that the Magic, you know, obviously there's a deadline to make this move because he has to sign, because Ken Burch has to sign with the team by a certain time to be eligible for the playoffs. Um, but I think the Magic didn't make this decision to waive Ken Burch uh, unless they had an idea of who was available and what they could grab to replace those minutes um, that, that the Magic obviously need replaced right now. 
Um, just uh, um, let me know. Let me know if you want to add a little bit more. Um, uh, uh, apparently, Xavier Green wants to fight me for some reason. Uh, I'm trying to trying to trying to catch up here. Um, but uh, um, uh, Xavier Green also uh, suggests Ignas Brasdikis as a po- probably a good bet to take four four. I think that is. I think that's actually a good pick. Um, you know, Ignas has uh, had some NBA experience with the Knicks. Tom Thibodeau very very similar to what Steve Clifford does and wants. Um, did he play for Tom Thibodeau in the Knicks? I don't remember now. I don't know if he played this year or not. Um, but you know, he's he's burnt the magic from beyond the arc. Um, definitely, again, ten day contract. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going crazy over over anyone. Um, you know, Malik Grady mentions Robert Franks from Lakeland. From Lakeland, um, could be de- that's definitely that's definitely an option. Um, and and Fiondu Cabangeli as well, potential center. Played a little bit of floor, can stretch the floor a little bit. Showed some of that with the Clippers. Um, definitely an option. You know, I think. The Magic have shown an affinity for Florida State guys. Florida State guys have, you know, honestly, Florida State guys have done very, very well for themselves. Leonard Hamilton's coached a very good program. A lot of people have actually asked me a little bit about Scotty Barnes and whether I think he would fit with the Magic. Um, he is obviously outside my top five group um, uh, on the draft on the draft front. Um, I think Barnes might be a little too similar to Jonathan Isaac and Chuma Okiki. And again, the the, the biggest the biggest issue that I'm finding again, I'm not saying if Scotty Barnes is the best guy on the board, take him. Um, but I, I, def, I definitely have some concerns about drafting too many guys who are similar and, and are fighting for room. The, they do need to find a way to get guys fit, um, especially with, with some key players out there. But yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of things to consider. And again, you look at this roster, there are so many young guys. Whoever you sign, whoever you add to the group is going put to some, put some pressure on other players to perform and, and to beat them out. And you know, one of the big concerns that I have with the way the magic are currently constructing the roster is just how few veterans there are. I mean, you trade away, you, you get rid of Ken Birch and now really the only guy that's, that's left on, on this year's team, at least from the magic's playoff runs um, is Terrence Ross. Um, you know, again, a, a huge concern of mine, um, a huge concern of mine is a lot of the institutional knowledge that the magic built. And again, they, the magic didn't do a ton. And I, I think they, I think the magic pro, you know, it, I, I don't. I think the Magic acted rationally and probably made the right decision um, in order to uh, in order to, um, to 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 get the team closer to a championship. You know, deciding to blow it up was probably the right decision. Um, it's a decision that Magic fans have been cl- that that some Magic fans have been clamoring for for a few years. The national media has certainly been clamoring it for, for for a few years, and I think um, the Magic tried to hold on as long as they could, understanding how long it took them just to get to that point, um, for sure. And and, uh, you know, I think I, I am a little concerned that the institutional knowledge is gone. Um, we're seeing it right now with how much the defense is struggling, how the how Magic are struggling with very, very basic things. Um, give Steve Clifford a training camp. I, I'm sure he can teach them how to do these things. But they don't have a training camp right now. And, and, and getting everyone to fit together and, and play play well is, is really difficult right now. And, again, that's why I think the Magic – honestly, I think the Magic are going to struggle to win the rest of the season – not because of talent. Um, this team's got talent very clearly. Um, and it's not going to be because of effort. This team is going to fight really, really hard the rest of the season. The Magic are going to lose a lot of games this year because they, they're just not on the same page and there's no way for them to get on the same page. Um, I know that um, Mavs draft is really big on him, but I was asked any thoughts on James Booknight. Um, I have not actually not watched a ton of him. I've just looked at the stats. Um, so I defer to Mavs draft, who is... Very, very big on James, uh, and 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 thinks that he's in his he's in his top group, um, top group. Um, but I, I definitely have. I mean, I am interested in guys who can shoot right now. Um, you know, I, I I think that the Magic have been 
terrible at getting guys who can shoot the ball. Um, you know, and, and I do think that that is, that is something that the Magic have to put a premium on and have to put a focus on is finding guys uh, who can shoot the ball a little bit. Um, you know, having Cole Anthony, who is, what, a 30, 34, 35% shooter this year, just having him on the floor helped. Um, I think Gary Harris is going to help this team a lot um, because he's a threat to shoot. Um, most people, when I say that, say you're talking about the guy who's shooting 32% from deep this year. I'm like, yeah, well, the guy, who, you know, he's averaging 38% for his career for sure. Um, but yeah, he has to, I, I'm intrigued to see what Gary Harris can, can bring. I am super high on him. I think that he can be, I think he can be the good bet for this magic team to help them grow um, a little bit, but all these pieces got to come together. Um, you know, again, it's, 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 it, shooting makes everything easier. If there's a lesson that this, ma- that this magic team should have learned, from the last two years is, you know, you can do all the things right. You can have solid players. Shooting makes everything easier. Uh, and and I think that's that's kind of the big lesson is, you know, if you have guys you can shoot, you know, look at Washington last night. Washington, terrible defensive game for them. You're giving 116 points to this Magic team. That That's that's terrible. Um, the Magic really, I mean, they had some stretches where they couldn't score, but Orlando was never out of the game. Washington was probably having flashbacks to Monday night when they lost a 17-point lead to the Raptors. Um, you know, they lived and died on the three-point shooting, but their three-point shooting won them the game. They got hot from three, and maybe it was a little bit of three-point luck. But, you know, you, you, see it all the, you see it all the time right now. You know, and I'll probably say this on the podcast every single game preview. You know, the Magic are going to do all the right things, but at the end of the day, they got to make shots. They got to make shots. If they make shots, they have a chance to win. It's It's really that simple. And... Right now, the Magic um, just don't have, don't have the don't you know don't have the shooting right now to be consistent every single night. And again, I, I I know this is a tired line that I say every single night on the podcast. The NBA regular season, we're not talking about the playoffs. The NBA regular season is about what can you do every single night. What can you rely on every single night? And when you have a bad night, which every team in the NBA is going to have a bad night, what can you lean on to win games? Um, so I want to make sure I get to some more of your questions. I see some conversation about Trey Mann. Um, I like Trey Mann as a shooter. Um, I don't, I don't see him, you know, he can defend a little bit. You know, I, I don't see him as like a runaway pick at all. Um, I, I do like, him. I mean, the problem with this draft is there's a top five. There's maybe another group of four guys that are really interesting. And then it drops off really quickly. And I do need to do some more study on the draft. So um, if I change my tune on that, as I study these guys, please let me, let me know. Um, uh, Xavier Green says that Trey Mann is an argument for the best shooter in the draft. Um, I think he, he, I think he does. Um, but to me, that's Corey Kispert. I think Kispert is the best shooter in this draft. Um, if he's available at 10 or wherever the magic picking for the bulls, that's not a bad pick for me. Um, I do, I do really like Corey Kispert a lot. Um, Anthony, Anthony Weishample asks again, um, have you ever seen a rookie with more leadership or more of a team presence than Cole? Um, I have been like really pleasantly surprised by Cole Anthony. And a lot of it has to do with the things um, that Anthony brings up in that question. Um, you know, I think when the magic drafted Cole Anthony, a first off, we all knew the talent that he had. Um, that was, that was obviously the place to start um, was, was how much talent Cole had. And to me, that was the home run pick. Um, you know, we, we said that if Cole Anthony slips to you at 15, you take him and you, you hold him tight and run away with him because um, that is that is uh, getting a lottery. That is getting not just a lottery talent, but a top ten talent at fifteen. That's a that's a 
that, you know, that's a risk you take every day of the week. Um, Denver took it with Michael Porter and they're looking pretty good. Now, obviously that was an injury case more than anything else. Um, that what I was really surprised by with, with Cole was his competitiveness defensively. Um, I did not expect him to be, you know, he, I don't think he'll ever be a like dominant defender or a fan or like a great defender. Um, but he competes. Um, and I think, the lesson that the, the lesson from Tyler Hero um, is that you know if if you even if you lack some of the physical tools defensively, if you're willing to compete on that end, um, you go you, you that's enough. Like like if you if you can cover for him defensively elsewhere on the roster, you just want guys who can compete. Um, you know, and obviously Tyler Hero is an elite shooter, and, and and I think he would have really helped the Magic. Obviously, he was gone off the board before the Magic picked Chumo Kiki, um, but but having guys that just compete and get after it uh, is really good. And, 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 and I, and I, and I mentioned this on the pod today. Um, I mentioned this on the pod today. I like that Cole Anthony is really hard on himself. Um, I think that is a really, and I'll get to your, I'll get to this, this speaker here soon. Um, so, so thanks for the request. Um, Cole Anthony is both too hard on himself. I feel like, but also, I like that he's hard on himself. Um, I like that he doesn't accept just being okay, that he all, he constantly wants to get better. But at the same time, I, I want him to like take a step back and say, hey, you're doing good things. Don't, don't, don't harp so much on the negative or what you, can, what you need to get better at. Acknowledge it and work on it, but look at the good you're doing too. Um, and, and I think, honestly, what I'm surprised about with Cole Anthony is the struggle with him has been trying to get him to – to acknowledge the things that he's doing well, instead of trying to, you know, trying to like be down a little bit on the things that he might be struggling with. Um, and again, he's a rookie. He's going to learn all these things. He's, he's going through that whole process. Cole has been better than I imagined this year. And, and I was really frustrated and disappointed that he got hurt. Um, obviously nothing you can do about it. Last night or Wednesday night was a great example of, of what he can do and what he can be. And I think that, I think that there's still a long way to go for him. One more break for you so we can tell you a little bit about Bet Online. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over, but the NBA, the NHL, and MLB are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget too to check out the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness and and beyond. Four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. 
Kyle Wang. Kyle, what's up, man? Hey, can you hear me, Phil? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear, can you hear me? That's, that's yes. always my fear. Yes, I can hear you. Thanks again Excellent. for doing this. Enjoy hearing from other fans and hearing from you. Yeah. I, a lot of talk about the draft. Obviously, I'm stoked about that, uh, looking at all the new prospects and everything. But what do you think about bringing in a free agent? You know, something to have some veteran stability on this. Is there anyone that you might want to bring in just to be kind of an anchor or a bridge uh, that you think would work and be willing to come to Orlando? Yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I think that's going to be the priority in free agency. Um, I haven't done the research on it yet. Um, you know, I'm kind of in season mode, and when I'm in season mode, I'm like so focused on games, which is both a good and a bad thing on my end. Um, uh, I, I think that in free agency, uh, Magic obviously going to have a little bit of money to spend, not a ton this year. More of their money gets freed up um, next summer, um, but. I, I think that the Magic will spend, you know, whatever money they have in free agency this year on a veteran, on a veteran player, uh, on either a veteran wing or probably maybe a vet, you know, a veteran, uh, probably a veteran wing. I would say um, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I personally think that one of the one of the mistakes the Magic made this year, if their goal was to make the playoffs, is they probably should have added a veteran point guard to replace C.J. Augustine. Um, you know, again, might, maybe Michael Carter Williams can fill that role a little bit. Maybe they keep him around. Um, to, to, to be that kind of veteran mentor for those young guards, especially if the Magic end up drafting another another guard. Um, but I, I think absolutely the priority for the Magic this offseason is find a veteran, even if it's on a Jeff Green-style one-year $15 million deal, even if you just blow you know your wad of cash on one guy. And obviously they have the trade exception too, which might be a place that they can use to get that get that veteran player. Um, find Find a veteran guy who's just going to be a good head in the locker room. Um, you know, I think that was, you know, a lot, a lot of people are, are, you know, beginning to compare or say, you know, let's not repeat the mistakes of the Rob Hennigan era. And you go back and look at the Rob Hennigan era. You know, they had Jameer Nelson and Glenn Davis in those early days. Um, but once they, you know, let Jameer Nelson go, which was not handled very well from everything I understand, um, Glenn Davis obviously was a little bit more combustible. Um, you know, Jason Richardson was obviously gone in the Dwight trade. Um, you know, once they let a lot of those veterans go, they didn't replace them with, you know, solid veterans on, on the floor. Um, you know, a lot of Magic fans probably um, disliked the Willie Green signing um, and, and how much the Magic used Willie Green. But the bottom line is, I think the reason why they used him that much was to keep him engaged and, and to keep, you know, some old, you know, some guy that knew what he was doing on the floor. And, you know, unfortunately, Willie Green just wasn't an impact veteran. And, and I kept looking at those rosters and I'm like, the Magic need one veteran who is going to make a difference on the floor, you know, maybe not take over, maybe not take away from what the young guys are doing, but just provide some solid play, you know, have some control, you know, you know, have some, some important role on the team, but not take away from the young guys. And, and you look at the veterans, the magic brought in over the course of that early rebuild after Jimmy Nelson left, it was Willie green, not going to do a whole lot. Um, Channing Fry, you know, Channing is the best dude in the world. He's fantastic on TV. I think he is a good veteran, but he, like, when that team clearly wasn't going anywhere, he he checked out a little bit, um, you know, and and his 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 leadership style um, was very very laid back, and I don't think that's what that team needed. Um, and Channing's a great dude. I love Channing Fry, but you know, one time we were in the locker room uh, and we were talking about talking about something with him, and you know, he made a joke like, "Hey, I'm getting thirty-two million dollars either way." Like, like that, that's the Channing, Channing Fry's got a jokey attitude, and that's fine. Like, I, I'm not saying he's a bad veteran or anything, 
Um, but I don't think he was the veteran that the team needed. Um, bringing Jeff Green in on the one-year $15 million contract, I, I don't think that was a bad idea. I think the Magic actually got a lot for Jeff Green in that one year, as, as much as Jeff Green goes cr- goes crazy over over everything. Uh, as much as people go crazy over Jeff Green and, and how many chances he's getting, he's, he's not a bad player. I think the Magic got a lot out of him for for what they wanted. But, you know, Serge Ibaka was supposed to be the veteran of that team. Serge Ibaka kind of checked out very, very quickly on that, te- on that team. Like, he knew he was out the door the minute the Magic kind of – kind of fell fell apart there so um i definitely think the magic need to find the right veteran um i'd like it to be someone it doesn't have to be a 15 million dollar guy it doesn't have to be like a big salary guy um i think it needs to be someone who is invested in the group is someone that potentially could play a role when the magic do make another run of the playoffs whether it's um whether it's um next season you know i'm not going to put it past the magic to make the playoffs next season or the season after um someone who's invested that far so it's it's definitely um, it's definitely a, um, a, a lot of a lot of questions for the Magic, and, and I think that that's going to be a huge piece. Now, could Jonathan Isaac serve as a veteran? I don't think so. I don't think he's quite at that level yet. I don't think he quite has that command of the locker room. But you know, um, you know, friend, uh, you know, friend of the show, John De- John Denton, former writer at OrlandoMagic.com, he used to tell used to say used to tell me, you know, one thing the Magic desperately need. Um, is a guy that's gonna come in, flip over the table, and everyone's gonna listen to him and, and be inspired by it. Um, you know, Magic just I mean, again, I think the Magic just need that kind of guy anyway. A guy, and maybe that's Cole, maybe that's someone, maybe that's someone here who's just when the team isn't playing well, everyone's gonna be as accountable to him as they are to the coach. Um and, and I think, you know, again, that wasn't Vuce's leadership style. You know, Magic just didn't have leaders like that. And I and I think, especially when they were struggling before they really had structure that the structure that Steve Clifford gave them, um, that that um that that really slowed the team's development down. So, I, I mean, I don't have a list of names yet. Um, it might be someone the Magic in a trade. Um, it might be Gary Harris. I think Gary Harris could definitely fill that role if he's if he's invested in this team and and really takes to this opportunity that he's going to have in Orlando. Um, but I think that I think that that's going to be a huge question mark for the Magic in of this offseason. and it's going to be the biggest priority to me this offseason besides getting these draft picks right. I mean, because this is going to be a really young team. Um, someone pointed out to me already how, you know, you look at the Magic's rotation already, young players, young players the Magic care about entering next season. Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz, RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony, Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter. I'm already at six. Then you add the two draft picks. That's eight players already. Um, Steve Clifford doesn't like to run more than a nine-man rotation. Um this is already an extremely young roster. I'm sure I forgot someone in that in that list too. Um, this is already an extremely young roster, and I think that's that's going to be um, that's going to be going to be a real big, big, big thing for the Magic is to make sure they have the right group. Um, because you know, I think Steve Clifford can will this team somewhere. Um, you know, I think Steve Clifford is is a great coach. He's great at laying a foundation, um, and that can get you pretty far. Um, but, but obviously the Magic have to do a whole lot more, um, and I think the Magic are going to need a whole lot more to get where they want to be. Um, we've been going here for about an hour, um, so if you have any last questions, I'll make a last call here. Um, if you have any last questions, I thank everyone for participating in the chat. Um, it's been a very very active chat. If I didn't get to your comment or didn't uh, didn't read your comment on air, um, uh, I apologize for that. I'm um, trying to answer questions as well as keep track of what's going on in the chat. Um, if you have a speaker request, if you want to ask a question, feel free to jump on. Um, probably hang out here for another 
10 minutes or so, and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up for the week. Um, I am trying to do these locker rooms about once a week. Um, you know, on my, my off days from work are Thursday and Friday. So those are usually my best days to do them. So expect a Thursday, you know, if, if it's next week, will probably be Thursday at five thirty as well. Um, so definitely, um, um, definitely, uh, definitely, uh, 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 mark those on your calendars. I'll announce on on Twitter as well as on uh, Locked On Magic as well. Um, Nav's draft draft asked me asked asked in the chat the most random, irrelevant player in Magic history that comes to mind first. Um, that'd be my man David Vaughn. Um, I one time ran into David Vaughn uh, while I was in middle school, so this was two thousand one, two thousand two, um, at a rec center uh, where where my middle school team was practicing, um, uh, practicing. Uh, uh, practicing, he was just happened to be there, and I saw him, and, and I recognized him from my bas- from basketball cards because I'm a magic nerd, and and I was getting water during the middle of practice, and I turned to I turned turned to this guy who was walking down the hall, and I said, uh, "Are you David Vaughn?" And I hope I made his day, and 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 he, he said yes, and, and made my day because I'm 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 a fan of random random NBA players. David Vaughn was drafted by the Orlando Magic in the 1995 NBA draft. I want to say. Um, his story is actually really incredible. Shortly after he, I mean, he played only two a year, maybe two years with the Magic. Um, had a very short NBA career, um, and and um, actually was homeless for a little while after playing. Um, as you know, money in the NBA do- goes very very quickly if you're not careful. Um, so da- so David Vaughn, you know, I, I was good to, as a you know I think I knew that story at that point, but a uh, but seeing David Vaughn there was really cool. I don't know if he's still in town. Um, you know, surprisingly. Orlando is actually a very, very hotbed of or, of retired NBA players. The NBA, NBA uh, RPA, the NBA, the National Basketball Retired Players Association, um, is has a very big chapter here in Central Florida. So a lot of former NBA players living in town. Um, you know, they do a lot. I think they do a lot of their events here as well. Certainly, like during All Star All Star Weekend. Uh, when it was here, it was it was a big big day for big day for them. Um, I will I will have to see if I can figure out what happened to David Vaughn. Um, you know I don't know if he's still in town again, but um, it, I, I hope I may I hope that day was like twenty years ago now. Was, I was in eighth grade. I think I was in eighth grade, so that would have been the two thousand one two thousand two school year. Um, so more than twenty years ago. Um, I hope I made his day that day. I hope I made his day today by by shouting him out once again. Um, Daniel Mortensen. Uh, answered that question by Mavs draft with another one of my elite all-time favorite magic players, Stephen Hunter, my man. Uh, I, I still believe in Stephen Hunter. Um, he, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't very good. Uh, I, I, when I was growing up um, watching the magic, I had an affinity for the centers, the magic drafted or tried to use to replace um, Shaquille O'Neal. Um, so I was a big Stephen Hunter fan. I, I believed in Stephen Hunter. I danced around the room when the magic acquired, when the magic drafted Curtis Borchard. Um, I believe they traded him on draft night for Ryan Humphrey. Um, neither of those players lasted in the NBA very, very long. Um, I was a big fan of Mario Kassoon. Um, Mario Kassoon was my guy, um, you know, just following him from summer league all the way on to the magic roster. Uh, I was, I was an early adopter on Martian Gortat. I was a big Martian Gortat fan. I, I still wish that they would hang his summer league Jersey in the, in the Amway center practice court as the, as probably the all time greatest a summer league player in Orlando summer league history, as as was uh, as was Luke Ridenour, as someone mentions here, as well as Travis Diener back in the day. Um, Travis Diener, of course, hitting the game winning shot for the Marquette team uh, in the basketball tournament this week, this 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 uh, this year. Um, I, I was a big Sean Kemp guy on the Magic. I can't tell you how happy I am. 
that they made a magic version of Sean Kemp on NBA 2K My Team uh, and actually made it good. I use him a lot. I love I love Sean, I love I love Magic Sean Kemp. Um, <laughs> why I don't know. I I'm I'm a sucker. I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, that, that that's all I can say. Um, I've watched way too much Magic basketball, especially mid 2000s basketball. So uh, I hope that gives some uh, some sense of of how crazy I am about how crazy I am and why I'm the perfect guy to host locked on magic. But um, if anyone has anything else, I, I think I'm going to wrap it up here very, very shortly. Um, so any last requests for questions or comments here, um, I'll, I'll hang around for a little while longer. Um, but I want to thank everyone again for um, I want to thank everyone again for joining. Um, I've had a lot of fun with these locker rooms. Um, don't be shy about speaking. Um, you know, I, I, I promise I will not sing. Um, that is that is a promise that I will give you unless it is requested. Um, and even if it is requested, I probably will not. Um, so I appreciate everyone. Um, I appreciate everyone uh, commenting and, and I, I truly enjoy the interaction. I know sometimes I get in, into it with people on Twitter, um, but I truly enjoy hearing what people think and, and thinking about these these issues and, and, and sharing my thoughts with them. And, and hopefully Hopefully that helps. I don't know if it does. Um, one more question from Xavier Green. What are your thoughts on Cole's low end, median, and ceiling outcomes? I say Devontae Graham. I don't know a good median. Uh, Kemba when he was good. Um, I, I mean, I think at the very least, Cole, I mean, I, I tend not to say player. I try to avoid player comparisons. Um, I think that um, I think that, that can, you know, Steve Clifford likes to say that can limit a player. Um, I, I tend to think about roles. Um, I think Cole Anthony, you know, I think that he can be a reliable backup point guard uh, at, at the, at the very most, um, you know, again, he's a rookie this year uh, and, and he's already pretty much a solid backup point guard. Um, could he be a full-time starting point guard? I think that's the question that's going to, that, that's going to, that his career is going to ask of him is whether he can, um, is whether he can hit that level where he's consistently being able to lead a team and guide them. Um, I, I, you know, from what I've seen so far, you know, can he be, uh, can he be a lead guard on a winning team? That I th- again, I think that's the question. Um, could he be Fred Van Vliet? Um, you know, I think that would, you know, if we're going to do player comparisons, um, I think Fred Van Vliet would be a good place to start. Van, Van Vliet's probably a better shooter, and Anthony's probably a better playmaker. But that's the kind of role that that Anthony I think ends up playing, sort of the the secondary ball handler, off guard ball handler for the team. Um, I think that's kind of that's kind of the mold that the Magic are trying to, to, to shape Cole Anthony into. And again, I think he's a better scorer um, and, and driver than Fred Van Vliet, but Van Vliet's a better shooter. And I think that may, that may be a better skill to, to kind of fall back on. Like I said, I think he's, I agree with Xavier. He's probably better as kind of that off guard. You know, Devontae Graham's not a bad comparison um, in, in some respects. So, you know, I do think that, I do think that, you know, again, I don't want to put limits on Cole. I think that he can still be very, very good. I think he's very clearly a rotation player. Um, you know, I, I tell people this all the time. My goal with a rookie is can you play? Um, it's sort of like the joke that I make about about um, Summer League. You can't tell if someone can play in Summer League. You can tell if someone can't play. Rookie year, you can figure out who can play and who can't play. Um, you know, so far, it looks like Cole Anthony can play a little bit. He has a role. He has a spot on the team. He can do stuff. Um, that's that's a good place to start, um, and so I do think that that Cole is is in a good spot. Um, I think that that he can help this team, and and um, and and I think and I think that uh, I think that he's had a really nice rookie year, um, all things considered. So hopefully, hopefully we see him. Um, hopefully we see him kind of take that next step. Have, you know, have a good off season. Uh, as, as someone mentioned mentioned earlier, um, someone mentioned earlier. 
you know, Mo's going to get, hopefully can get a, his, a real off season. He hasn't had a real off season. He had injuries after his rookie season, COVID after a second, second season. This is, um, this is a, a big off season for him. It's a big off season for Cole as well to continue to get better and build off of the things that he's done well this season. Um, I want to thank everyone again for listening to today, to today's locker room and, and joining in. Um, if you missed joining in this time, um, you can maybe still sneak in. Maybe I'll answer one more question, but um, you can still sneak in or you can wait for next week. We'll do these plenty of times. So you can tell hopefully that I am friendly, that um, that I don't bite. And, and I promise again that I will not sing unless you give me a song and I feel like singing it. Um, that's that I can't, I can't, I can't make any promises on that. Um, but I want to thank everyone again for joining today's locker room. I appreciate everyone joining in. Uh, hopefully the magic get a couple more wins or if not a couple of nice lo- a couple of good losses that that solidify a lottery position i don't know what everyone wants anymore so uh, i'll i'll just say i'll just say looking forward to another good week of magic basketball we'll get to see gary harris play this week hopefully we'll get to see cole anthony continue to play mo bamba obviously getting more consistent minutes now um it's going to be very very interesting to watch how this team grows uh, and how much better they get over the course of the season Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.